Welcome to episode 21, everybody. So excited to have you here. Today, it's just Kenneth and I talking about our experiences with our clients, with our loved ones, with ourselves, and the medical community, doctors, etc. And uh, some differences between working with doctors and working with health coaches. So super excited to let you into this conversation. If you have questions, if you have thoughts, please let us know. Please go ahead and like the show, follow the show, so you can hear more about what we have to say and the guests that we bring on. So I want to let you in to this wonderful conversation we had, doctors versus coaches. Welcome, everyone. I think we are officially in the 20s for our podcast. Welcome to episode 21. Um, we do not have anyone with us. You'll notice it's just Kenneth and I today. Um, if you can see us, if you can't see us, hey, there's just Kenneth and I here today. And um, <laughs> and uh, we don't have any guests on. We're going to have a uh, conversation, just the two of us today, which is exciting. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about Laura's mom and all the medical issues. I'm using air quotes that she's been having <clears throat> because it's been very eye-opening and um, doing what we do as functional coaches has gives us the privilege to be able to know what's going on with our loved ones, even when doctors don't seem to get it. And so the podcast is more about how doctors don't seem to get it. Maybe that's the title. Maybe that's what mm -hmm. you do. But um, so Laura, mm -hmm. explain, like, talk about your mom. Tell us about your mom. Tell us what's going on. Tell us how old she is. Tell us, you know, kind of her personality and stuff like that, too. Little, little backstory. Little backstory. Um, so, first of all, my mom is amazing. I have to say that. Um, and uh, this is a very personal story for me, which is going to be interesting. So, public service announcement. If I get choked up, that's just who I am. Most people don't think that's who I am, but I'm really soft on the right. inside. <laughs> anyway, exactly. Um, so my mom, my mom is seventy-two. Also, talk about talk about where she lives, where you live, because I don't know everybody. No, I don't think everybody knows you live in the middle of nowhere, either. Yes, um, and not like Saudi yeah. Arabia, nowhere. That's kind of a fun place. <laughs> um, yes. So my mom is seventy-two. She'll be seventy-three in August. Um, we, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Minnesota, small town, Minnesota. Um, we, you know, as a child, my dad was in education. He was a, a teacher, then a principal. Um, and he also had lots of things going on with his life and he was an alcoholic. And so my mom, um, has gone through lots of things in her life, raising three children. There's three of us. Um, of course we're all grown now. And um, I have now moved back to close to where I grew up. My mom has always 
Um, in my adult life, my mom has always lived in a small town out here in Minnesota. So that's where we live. We live in small town Minnesota. Lots of farmers, farms, corn, mosquitoes, the beautiful things. Healthcare is not a big deal, right? Healthcare, healthcare in, inter- in Minnesota is interesting, I will say. Um, <coughs> we, of course, in Minnesota have a <coughs> clinic, the Mayo Clinic system, which will come up in our conversation about my mom. Um, so everybody knows Mayo Clinic in Rochester. That's actually in Minnesota. I don't know if everybody knows that's actually in Minnesota, Mayo Clinic. Um, so we have lots of healthcare providers in this in this area, right? In the Twin Cities area, we're outside the Twin Cities metro area. <clears throat> and so people here think, uh, people here rely on their doctors to be the gods of all that will keep them alive. The overall health of most people in this area is not what you would expect thinking about having farmers and natural foods and all that kind of thing. That's not what it is. People are very unhealthy here. Um, People don't do a lot of things to keep themselves healthy. I will tell you most weekends, you can find people hanging out in their garage, smoking, having some beers, happy hours are great places to be for most people, particularly if it's in a garage. Okay. And that's typical of the Midwest, right? Yes, definitely. (laughs) Like Um, if you don't have a DUI, you're going to get one too. Well, that's Wisconsin. (laughs) It's all the same place. It's all the same place. No, and honestly, if you're listening to me and you live in Minnesota, you just laughed really loud too because Minnesota has this thing. And I'm sure other states do, but in Minnesota, we're like, we're not like Wisconsin. <coughs> and, and the joke is, mm-hmm. if you live in Wisconsin, you've had at least one DUI, not in Minnesota. Not true. <laughs> we, have, we have license plates that delineate that you have had a DUI in Minnesota. If you're in Minnesota or you see a Minnesota license plate that starts with a W, that's called a whiskey plate. And that means. <laughs> yes. And that means that you've had oh. at least one DUI, at least one. <clears throat> I have personally, knock on wood, never owned a whiskey plate, never needed one, that kind of thing. So, yes. I don't even know why you're knocking on wood. It's not like you drink ever. I know, right? It's me, and my Diet Coke. <laughs> no one cares. Um, which, by the way, point being, because I don't drink, because I choose not to drink. I'm not an alcoholic. Um, that was my dad. Um, I choose not to drink because I would like to, I know, I understand what it does to my body. Not that I never did, because in my 20s, I could whoop it up. But um, I, I choose not to drink, which is the strangest thing for people in this area. I'm sure it's a societal thing across the country for most people. Um, generally in this area, um, people think it's really okay if you don't drink cause you're an alcoholic, like they can wrap their brain around that piece, but, um, drink, choosing not to drink is pure insanity. Like, why would you yeah. do that? So, um, yeah. not the healthiest place. It's the only outlet for, for fun. It's the only way to relieve stress in, right. in most people's minds in the Midwest, at least that's. So <clears throat> I've had various people in my life that live, live in the Midwest, but there was one particular time where, <clears throat> you know, I, I was out and about in the mountains 
and I heard these Midwesterns, like people walking behind me, and they're all from Wisconsin. You can kind of tell the difference between Wisconsin, Minnesota, there's a difference. And so I'm listening to them, and I could picture them in my head. <clears throat> all three have to be wearing camo and or burnt orange or something because we're in the woods. That's standard attire if you're going out in the Midwest. And then all I heard next was crack, crack, and it was beer, it was beer cans, and they're sitting there, they're sitting there drinking. They were the funniest people on the planet. I mean, I'm howling because they're just having a great old time. But they were three sheets of the wind, boy. And if they made it out of the, out of the mountains, I'm surprised. Like, there, I'm sure there was a rescue team that like finally got them. <laughs> because it was they're ridiculous but um <clears throat> yeah so that so that's painting the picture of the landscape of and where laura lived you know where the like the majority of the people that she's around are usually unhealthy people so it's a target rich environment for a health coach but it's also really strange because you're completely counterculture to what the culture is so a lot of people look at you like Oh wow! There's the weird girl with the muscles and like who actually doesn't look like she's overweight and dying. So it's a and, weird. And place. In my gym, but... and in my gym, we don't have a bar <clears throat> with a tapper on it. We have a couple of rigs, lots of gym equipment, lots of plates, lots of yeah. So it's a different different. Right. It's fine. It's fine. Right. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Um, and it is. I am like I. I am like the hate Ashbury of the '60s. I am very counterculture, <clears throat> just mm -hmm. in a different way, which is fine, and I love it. And um, you know, the you can't really honestly beat Minnesota in the summertime. It's actually a beautiful place. Lots of lakes, lots of trees. But anyway, um, health health is a really interesting thing here. Health and wellness. Um, and like I said, most people rely on what their doctors tell them. They go get an, their annual exam and they get their labs from their doctor, which their labs are like five things, only five markers, which doesn't tell you anything. And, and if your TSH mm -hmm. is off, boy, I tell you what, everybody here is on some sort of thyroid medication. Um, yep. But nobody talks about it. <clears throat> nobody talks about, and this is not just in the Midwest. When you go to the doctor, they don't have time to ask the questions. They don't know the questions. They don't have time to ask the questions. Um, and and I think I was just and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right away. I was up north with my family this last week, and I was talking to my aunt who is um, a, a lifer as a nurse. She started nursing in the late 70s, and she just retired like five years ago. I think it wasn't that long ago. Um, and she worked in, in hospitals with doctors, all the things, she was a nurse manager. She, you know, kind of worked her way up, whatever. And she flat out told me, um, cause we talked for hours about what I do, functional health coaching. She was so into it. And um, she, she said to me, she said, um, the medical profession, doctors in particular, the education of doctors has changed drastically in those thir three to four decades that she was in healthcare, and she has doctor friends that she still talks to that have you know she has a group that have you know aged out you know retired and all the things mm -hmm. um and they say the same thing your doctors coming out now who are doctors who have come out in the last decade or so um their training is protocol training 
their training is not root cause training. And what does that mean? That means when you go to see them, they're not asking you questions to find out why things are happening, why you're experiencing the symptoms you're experiencing. They're asking you the questions they need to ask you to find out what your symptoms are, to put you on a protocol, which is generally a drug protocol, so that your symptoms stop. To mask right. the symptoms, not to fix the issue. And she was very honest about how that is absolutely happening. And to hear her say that, because she's on the front lines, she saw that transition, um, cemented why I do what I do um, and how we help people. And it frustrated me at the same time and it made me sad and angry because my mom was just in the hospital about three weeks ago because of that type of doctoring period. Yeah, and I think I think actually, so, <clears throat> you know, I have a decent amount of clients and I, I typically run into, um, gosh, just some terrible cases. I, I typically have a harder caseload than Laura does in, in most, most, most of the time. You're, you're getting some doozies here or there. Um, but what I'll say is like when we have conversations and, um, you know, we have conversations about clients and it's not always, you know, negative or anything, but it, there are times where we're like, oh my gosh, this person's not doing what they're supposed to do. Frustrating. But there's sometimes where it's, hey, listen to how many doctors they've been to and how many questions that weren't asked. And then I just ask questions for an hour on the phone. And we've probably diagnosed the issue over the phone. And if they follow everything in a six month period of time, chances are their life is going to look completely different. And, um, <clears throat> and I was actually talking to a client today and I've, I've talked to a couple different clients today and both of them are on track. They're like, they're consistent with the plan. They are a hundred percent all the time and me for six months to almost to the day. And, um, he had a major gut issue. He was overweight. He's a shorter guy. So he kind of looks like a little roly poly at the time. He was just like, you know, just round in general, but he wanted to get in shape. One of the driving factors was his daughter. He has a brand new daughter. He wants to be the dad that's active and in her life and can keep up with her and all that stuff. <clears throat> well, just in asking the questions, I knew immediately had a gut issue. So we did a GI map. We did a, a gut protocol that actually wasn't that difficult. Like his, his gut wasn't that messed up, but we fixed it. And then the majority of the stuff that I asked him was, how's your sleep? You know, how's your stress? all the things that nobody really talks about or really thinks about because we think it's not that important. <clears throat> but what happens is, is over time, all of those little things that we don't consider as important, they snowball into this effect of unhealthy person. So pause on that one, pause on yeah. that. You said all the questions that people don't ask. How often do you ask those questions? Every damn day, I feel like I ask them all the time. You yes. know, it's like sometimes oh, yeah. I just sometimes I just get I get frustrated because I'm like, I'm gonna ask this question and I already know the answer to it, but I have to ask it because I have to get them to answer it 
So then I can tell them, hey, did you see that? You're only sleeping four hours a night. Yeah. Why do you think you look like shit? Yeah. You know, it's like, duh. So, <clears throat> so anyway, we're starting to have this conversation. And I'm going to out him. His name's Ryan. And it's not Ryan the pro. It's not. It's, it's Ryan. He's, he's a great guy. I've known him for 10 years. Friend of mine. Um, gym rat. Like, always in the gym. Always. And uh, so, since I've known him for so long, I know he's kind of anxious. I know he's kind of like, he's a little bit of a, like, people pleaser. And he's always in the gym. He never rests. He never, like, I know he's not eating right. Because I've actually... Um, I was toying around with working with him at one point in time, probably five years ago. And so we rode together around at these job sites as a superintendent. <clears throat> Boy is eating like burgers, Chipotle, all this. I mean, like he's always eating out and stuff. So I know what I'm dealing with, but I'm asking him the questions anyway, because I have to bring self-awareness to the situation. And you have to do it in a way where it's not offensive, right? So I'm asking the questions. And then I kind of like lead him into, hey, do you think that that's the best, the best uh, course of action for yourself? And he's like, well, no. And I'm like, okay. So what we have to do is we have to change your mindset. Yes. Because what, what you really came to me for was I, I just want to get in shape and I'm just going to follow the plan. I'm just going to get in shape. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But if you don't have – the mindset shift, none of that's going to change. We've talked about that in the past in podcasts. It's like you have to have that mindset change. And the biggest thing was what I saw in his life, what lacked in his life was boundaries. He lacked boundaries. Like he just didn't have any. He didn't have any with his family. He didn't have any, just didn't have any, period. <clears throat> so I immediately had him read the book Boundaries. Mm-hmm. And he's reading it, reading it. Not everybody reads it when I tell them to, but that's fine. People can do what they want. They're grown up. So he's reading the book and we're like, I don't know, weekend. He's like, Oh my gosh, dude. Like my mom has no boundaries. I'm like, no, you don't have any boundaries with your mom. That's what's going on. And so he starts putting boundaries with his mom. He starts standing up for himself and he starts eating his meal plan. Even when everybody else is, uh, you know, pressuring him not to, or, Telling him like he's not being fun. Does that sound familiar somewhere in Minnesota? You know, <laughs> you know, you're eating your meal plan and everybody's like, Why are you doing that, Laura? Yeah. So anyway, this guy is like all of a sudden becoming bulletproof mentally. And I'm seeing his body slowly change. It's just slowly changing. He's not frustrated. He's putting one foot in front of the other. We're three months in, out of the gut protocol. And he's lost a decent amount of weight. He actually looks not round. Well, now we've got to get to a place where he's lean enough so that I can put muscle on him. Mm -hmm. And the whole time, he's just doing what I'm telling him to do. But I'm asking questions along the way. The same question. Getting eight hours of sleep. You taking care of yourself. You have boundaries in place. Eating your meal plan. Is there anything I can do for you? You know, and every once in a while, the guy would text me and he'd say, do you just have time for a call? And sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't jump on a call. He actually actually talked to him today. He checked in last night. This guy looks like a fucking supermodel now. Like he's just like 
great looking. He's got a V taper. He's got nice round shoulders. He's got a full chest. He's got abs. We're right where we need to be to be able to put some more muscle on him. We got about two more weeks to push, and then we're going to go into the next phase. So we're right at six months. And what I told him at the very beginning was, if you do everything I say at six months, you will look like a completely different person and we'll, we'll be able to put muscle on you. Mm-hmm. And he asked me at the beginning, he was like, well, am I just going to be skinny? And I was like, no, I was like, you're not even going to, you're not even going to really lose any strength in the gym the whole time. Mm-hmm. You may not, you may stop progressing eventually because I'm going to take food away from you. And that's what's happened. So you and I have been doing this for so long that we can kind of predict things yeah. and we can, and we know, and this is a PSA announcement <clears throat> to any of my clients listening. If your body is not changing, <laughs> I know, I know what's happening. And Hello. I may not say any, I may not say anything directly to you because it's inflammatory and I'm not trying to like make you feel shitty about yourself or anything like that. <clears throat> but there is a time and a place in which I'm going to address it and I have to get the, get to the right place. And you know, you know that I'm addressing a couple of you right now because ain't nothing changed. Nothing's changed. Y'all been with me for almost a year and nothing's changed, but you will type in happy email. Like life is wonderful. It ain't wonderful. You ain't drop a pound, honey. And it ain't happening. Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. So in the big scheme of things, what, I, what we've realized is we are good at what we do. Mm-hmm. We know how the body works. Yeah. So that translates to our loved ones, right? And so when Laura's mom starts having issues, and she was on medications and stuff before we even had this conversation. And <laughs> I never looked at her blood work or anything. And you can kind of dive into that. But I wanted to tell everybody my side and how it got pulled in. <clears throat> so, I have a text message from Laura, and Laura and I talk every day. There's there's rarely a day that we don't talk. It may be on the weekends because, you know, Joe's home and you guys are doing stuff, and the weekend's the weekend, but even on the weekends, we talk most of the time. So, um, I get a text message. Can you call me? And she never says that. So I call her and she's in a panic and I can tell she's driving down the road. She's like, I had this blood work for my mom and I don't know exactly what's going on, but I think I know what's going on. Can you take a look at it? <clears throat> and I take a look at it and I'm like, and your electrolytes are off. <laughs> like, you know, like your response she's, was, she's fine. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's fine. It sounds like she's, She's stressed. I mean, like, it looks like she's got some adrenal issues, maybe, because her electrolytes are off. And then at this point, Laura's crying because she's like, my mom is going to the ER, and they say that something else is wrong, and blah, blah, blah. So at the end of the day, I'm going, well, I know I didn't miss anything. I, I know Laura's mom. She doesn't have a heart condition but they're treating it like a heart condition Mm -hmm. because her potassium was, was normal and her sodium was low and they're thinking that something potentially cardiac wise is going on. And I'm going, there's no way, there's no freaking way. So then the whole day kind of goes by 
and Laura's texting me, and boy, is she fucking fired up. <laughs> <laughs> She's at the doctor, and she is like, these people know anything. So then <clears throat> I'm going to hand it off to Laura, maybe give them a little bit of background, like the medications that she was on, and then we can talk about kind of what the doctors were saying. And then you had, you, so you had the general practitioner, then you had the ER doc, and the ER doc seemed to know more than the general practitioner. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, so yes, I, uh, I had been looking at my mom's labs. Now remember, doctors don't do all the labs. So I had been looking at my mom's labs two weeks before this, this incident that Kenneth is talking about occurred. Um, she had gotten labs done a week and a half. Um, and I looked at him and I'm like, you're fine. Your sodium's a little low. I'm not worried about it. I still have the text. Like, mom, I'm not worried about it. Your sodium's a little low. I'm not worried about it. Everything's great. And, um, and so the reason that they do these is because my mom was kind of in between going through doctors, some things were going on and, um, and her, she was a little lightheaded. Things were happening. Um, she is on blood pressure medications. She's on two blood pressure medications. She's always been on a diuretic um for like ever and and why why because she's on a blood pressure medication so they automatic most doctors automatically put you on blood pressure medication and a diuretic they use there's you can get some combination pills sometimes you don't have combination pills it's just a blood pressure med and then a diuretic because with blood pressure medications um it thins out your blood and sometimes people can have water retention and so they want to flush that water out um, it's a kidney she, issue. Yeah. Right. Has she ever had? I don't know. I've never seen it. Whatever. But I know that she's on this. So I'm not worried about her sodium. I'm not worried about any of that. I'm like, I'm trying to get her to drink an electrolyte. We're good. Not an issue. So the day before I texted Kenneth, Thursday, <clears throat> I went to the doctor with her because things weren't adding up. My sister and I talked and we're like, we're gonna just make sure one of us is at the doctor with her. My mom had dropped 30 pounds in the last six, seven months. My mom was in a very stressful situation in the housing complex she was living in her apartment. Um, lots of crazy things were happening with people there. My mom is very sensitive um, and people were not being very nice. There were lots of things going on. And so- What else happened? What else happened? What did the doctor tell her? about smoking oh <laughs> that that was no. like honestly when you told me that i was like oh shit okay, okay so, this is what the issue is so part of the reason we were also going wanting to go to the doctor with her is because what we noticed is over the last month or two prior to this um she had been extremely like hyper focused on her health and she never has been my mom's been a smoker her whole life my mom eats what she wants she drinks her water, whatever. She does her. Great. I just want her to be happy. Okay. So the last couple of months she's been, and so my sister and I are having conversation, even Joe, my husband and I are having conversation. We're like, what is going on? Why is she so hyper-focused on her, her health now? Now she's trying to quit smoking. Why is she cutting back on smoking? What is going on? And so you, you try to think through these issues and we thought immediately, initially we thought something is really wrong with her and she's not telling us that happens we all know that so we're gonna go to the doctor gonna get some answers so um i i get to the doctors with her and the nurse is kind of rude 
That's fine. We sit down and, and my mom had quit, stopped cold turkey, quit smoking five days prior to Which the- is just weird, which is just weird in general. Most people can't do that, right? Especially after almost 60 years of smoking. Jesus. Right, right. And so like five days prior to that, she had stopped in like, <clears throat> and so- she- And also, t- hold on one second. So when you actually smoke nicotine, it calms you down. Yeah. Like a lot of people, a lot of people use nicotine as like an anxiety suppressor. Like if they're feeling anxious or whatever, they smoke a cigarette, calms them down, and that's why they do it. And then it, it becomes addictive. So that's just something to think about while we're talking. Yeah. And so, so let's let's rewind a bit. Lost thirty pounds. Super stressed out. Quit cold turkey smoking. Okay. She's feeling a little off. That's what she says. That's how she says, I'm feeling a little no off. No shit. She makes this face <laughs> and she does this thing with her hands if you can't see me. So she's feeling a little off. That's fine. So we're sitting and the nurse, she tells the nurse, I quit smoking five days ago. The nurse, stop, you know how they just type, tick, 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 tick. She stops typing. She stops. She rolls her little chair over in front of my mom, which is only like a foot. And I'm sitting next to my mom and she goes, oh, well, thank goodness. And I'm paraphrasing here. But the emphasis is the same. Remember, that is so great, Loretta. Because remember when we talked last time and I told you that you are going to die if you don't. And right there, I went, oh my God, this woman who knows nothing about how my mom is internally, emotionally, psychologically, actually said something to my mom around the fact that she's killing herself and she's going to die and my mom is already feeling her mortality at the age of 72 and i'm like you crazy person what did okay so now i know where all this is coming from all right the nurse mentally fucked your mom yes absolutely because they're not taking the time to actually get to know this person stop talking i mean and that's what we do as as functional health coaches right and you you just alluded to this when you were talking is like we have to understand who we're talking to and how we should talk to them and what questions we should ask because we know who you are as a person and how you're going to take things it's not manipulative Mm -hmm. it's understanding and knowing who you're working with okay right none of that so then the doctor comes in and we have this same conversation and, and the doctor's worried about her, her sodium. Doctor's going to take some more labs while we're sitting there. And, and we have this conversation about her medications. And the doctor says, yes, she's on a diuretic. And, um, and I said, well, would that not be your first course of action to take her off the diuretic if her sodium is off? Like, I'm not worried about how low her sodium is. But, you know, she goes, yeah, that might be the first course of action. And I'm like, oh, okay, because I'm trying to give her her due diligence, her space as a medical professional, right, coming into her space. I'm asking the questions, even though I know the answer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, but we need to get, like, she goes, we need to get the, I'm like, okay. I said, well, won't you? Wouldn't you be looking at her other labs also, like EGFR, some other things, um, if you're looking at, because obviously you're talking about this, you're looking at kidney function, stuff like that. She goes, oh, no, those don't matter. And I went, in my head, I went, holy shit. And I, but, mm-hmm. I, but I know my mom, 
So I am not responding in any way because I don't want my mom to get upset. Let's just do the labs. Let's find out. That's a Thursday. Friday morning, I'm teaching. I have a class that I do in my home gym. My mom calls. I She leaves a message. I have to go to the ER. I live 45 minutes from my mom. They want her in the ER. She's, I don't know, going to stroke out. What in the hell is happening? So I'm... Like Kenneth said, I'm in the car. I'm going 85 miles an hour. Policeman out there, don't care. Trying to get to my mom. I'm texting. I'm I'm not texting Kenneth. <laughs> Kenneth, can you call me? Because you didn't answer. And um, which is fine because I figure he's on the phone. He's a busy man. But in my head, I'm like, what is happening? Because I'm not worried about her sodium, but all these people are freaking out. And I'm in my head going, okay, I need to double check myself. I need to talk to Kenneth. So Kenneth calls, and I tell him, and um. And I tell him, like, I don't know why they're thinking these horrible things about my mom. I can't get a hold of the doctor, but I just need you. I can't send you her labs right now. I'm going to send them later. I'm in the car, whatever. So then I have to call, call the doctor anyway. So I call the doctor and I kid you not, I say to this. Now, number one, the nurse isn't going to let me talk to the doctor. And I say, <laughs> I say, I want to talk to the doctor. And I said, because blah, blah, I explained the whole thing with the diuretic. And she says, oh, she's not on a diuretic. And I go, the fuck she's not. <laughs> Probably not a good thing to say. You know, I'm not getting anywhere with the nurse at this point anymore. And she's like, I'm going to pull up her thing. And it says that she's not. And I go, I want to talk to the doctor. Well, she's with a patient. I don't care. I'll wait. Get her on the phone. So I'm on hold. Doctor comes on the phone. And I say, help me understand well, we sent her to the, no, I understand why you sent her to the ER. I understand why, why you're doing that. I want to, I want to understand why I'm hearing the nurse tell me that she's not on a diuretic. And the doctor says, oh, well, I was wrong. I'm like, what? And she said, well, I'm looking back at the chart and she's not on a diuretic. And I said, yes, she is. She takes one every day. I know this. She calls it a pee pill and it drives me insane. <coughs> God. And it's, it's diazide, by the way, and which sometimes can be used in bodybuilding. So I knew exactly right. what it was when she sent it to me. And I was like, they need to take her off the diuretic and they need to take her off the potassium and they need to take her off this and this and this. And like, I was like, if they just do that, she'll feel better. And that, so that's everything that I said. I was like, she's fine. She's stressed out. And then on top of the stress, she's taking potassium and she's taking a diuretic, which both can basically evacuate fluid from the body. Yeah. So you, you just have to take her off of that, calm her down. And then, so, you know, Laura's still fired up and I would be too with my mom, but at the end of the day, I'm just kind of patiently waiting throughout the day to find out what's going on. And then I get text messages like, yeah, and that's, that's what's going on. And like, it's just like frustration not being able to communicate fully because she's texting it. But I know Laura so well, like I am, this is screaming across the screen. And I know she's sitting there quietly in the doctor's office. So, and I'm just thinking, gosh, I hope that we, I haven't missed anything, but I'm pretty hundred percent sure. I don't think I have. And then things kind of go on from there. Well, yeah. Cause I get there and then the ER doc comes in and he's super nice. I like him. I like him. Not even, not, I don't care if he's nice. I really don't care. He's looking at everything and he says, blah, blah, this, cause they always go over the medication, blah, blah, blah. 
hits me with, yeah, she's on this diuretic. Are you kidding? And he, he stopped because I lost my shit. And he looked at me mm -hmm. and I said, I was on the doctor. I have a phone with the doctor 45 minutes ago. She says she's not on a diuretic. He goes, it's right here. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill somebody. Um, mm -hmm. so, so we start having this conversation. They do some more labs on her. They move her into a room because he said if whatever. Her magnesium was off too, which, of course, no doctor in a regular doctor's office is even checking your magnesium because I'm talking to the ER doc and I'm like, what are her other electrolytes? Because potassium, sodium, chloride, those aren't your only electrolytes. Why aren't we looking at everything? And so when they did their draw, they did look at everything. Well, go figure. And so they move her into a room, the floor doc comes up and I'm talking to him and he starts talking to me like, I don't know shit. And he's like, well, <laughs> and he's like, well, electrolytes, this and that. And I go, yep, I finished his fucking sentences for him. And he looked at me and he goes, how do you know that? I said, I'm a functional health coach. And he looked at me like, I don't know what that is. I said, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know exactly why she's here. You need to take her off of her potassium. You need to take her off of her sodium um, or sodium, her diuretic, and things are going to bounce back. I understand right now you're going to pump her full of that shit. They gave her two bags of magnesium. They were giving her electrolytes and they cut her liquid intake down to 1500 milliliters a day. And I said to him, now I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, this was three days of stuff. Okay. Cause she was in the hospital for three days. So let's stress my mom out even more because you fuckers can't figure this out. And I'm standing there telling her, I know what the problem is. I know, I know, but they aren't listening. Um, and it's stressing her out because and, I'm and, and tell her, tell everybody why they left her in the hospital. Cause they couldn't get it right. They wanted to stabilize her electrolytes. They wanted, and they wanted to stabilize. If they just left her alone and had her drink water with electrolytes, it'd be fine. But they're not doing that, right? No. Like, because they're because what's going on? Going back to your aunt, their ass. your aunt. They're trained to look at a person, run a protocol. Because if they run that protocol, then they your mom can't go back to them and say, "Well, you know." I was going to have a heart attack and you didn't do what you're supposed to do. Exactly. And that's exactly what they said. They're worried about her heart. I'm like, I'm not worried about her heart. And they, and he said that the floor doc was like, I just need, cause I said to him, I said, okay, so her electrolytes are off. Why? I don't know. You don't know. Why so, don't you know, sir? And, and I said, I said, so if you don't know what you're doing right now is you're slapping <clears throat> a nice giant bandaid on this by giving her magnesium and giving her electrolytes. Um, but you don't know why, how am I going to, how, how are you going to know why? Well, that's for your GP to figure out. I'm just supposed to get her home. Great. Awesome. And I said, cause him, we love the GP. Yep. And that's what I GP said. Got us here. I said, that GP is the reason we're here. That GP didn't even know that she is on a diuretic. That GP doesn't even understand that her sodium is off and, and her electrolytes are off because of all these factors and the fact that she doesn't understand that potassium does the same thing that that diuretic is doing. So they're piling on and she doesn't know that. And she flat out told me that when I asked her on the phone, why is this happening? She absolutely said these three words, I don't know. So now I'm going to leave this hospital with my mom and that woman doesn't know. Yeah. You're going to go back to, I don't know lady. That yeah. sounds great. And so I looked at him and I said, I know. 
I know exactly what's going on and I'm going to take care of my mom. And I'm, I was so pissed off because these are the people that she put her trust in. And I said, and the reason is why, why does your mom put trust in a doctor? Because they have because that of the doctor in front of the name, right? It's like, yeah. okay, we were raised. I mean, probably more so her and then more so you. And then my generation, you know, there's been skepticism because I've seen family members die for unknown reasons. I guarantee you it's been some sort of malpractice, not knowing exactly what's going on. So they just throw something at it. And then here's another, here's another one. This is one thing that really pissed me off because this happened all within, I don't know, four weeks of each other. I have a buddy who's a competitor who works with Matt who I talk to every so often and he's in medical school. You know what he told me in medical school, they say, if you don't prescribe insulin to a diabetic, you actually get penalized as a doctor. Mm -hmm. You actually get like some sort of demerit or something. So at the end of the day, if you're not a type one diabetic, di type two diabetes can be fixed. Yes. You might need to bridge the gap with like metformin or something like that. But these people are prescribing insulin on purpose because they don't want their job taken away from them. Right. So we're going to trust these people who are really at the end of the day incentivized to prescribe drugs to, to take care of their family. So, and what also the, the system is set up for that to happen. Because yes. how, many, how much time do you get with your doctor? If you can get an appointment, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. When you work with a functional health coach, who by the way, actually understands how the body works, because we want <coughs> you, and we actually right. take the time to find out about you. You don't get us for 10 minutes once a month. You get me. Let me say, and let's say this too. The doctor visit probably costs the same amount through right. insurance that right. it costs for us monthly. But you know what? Certain cases I have, I have a couple cases right now. I'm talking to that person every other day. Yes. To determine what the next steps are. And now you're not always in that state. Right. But, but that's what we're doing. Here's the problem with that too. Here's, here's how the medical profession has fucked us over that way. I have clients who don't reach out when I tell them to reach out. When I mm -hmm. tell them I am here, I need to hear these things because they're so used to working with medical professionals who are not there for them, who they can't yeah. reach out to. And when they do reach out, they feel like they're bothering me or I'm so busy. I don't have time. It's like, you're what I have time for. Mm -hmm. This is why I do what I do because I'm so mm -hmm. tired of the medical profession screwing us over. Yep. Oh my, and I don't know, I'm getting super passionate about it. But also when you talk about this, this with my mom, this is, this is why it got, it was so important for me. This is, and I talked to you about this when I talked to you on the phone about this whole thing in that, in those moments was because my husband's father died a year and or something similar, two months. Yes, exactly. He went into the ER because he was feeling funny. He was on blood pressure medication. That man a week later was dead. He never left that fucking hospital. And I was like, this will not happen to my mother. Yes. Absolutely not. Because I know better. Because I know better. 
And so, yes. So guess what? We got her out of the hospital. We got her home. Um, she, they took her off the uh, potassium. They took her off the uh, diuretic. We have her eating more food. Um, she is sleeping better because she relaxed and she mm -hmm. wasn't stressed out about her health anymore because now we have her in a spot where she's feeling better and she's not as stressed out. And guess what? She doesn't feel off anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And yes, we, right. Are, we now here's the <clears throat> we're supposed to go back and get labs drawn again so the GP can look at things. That GP will not draw the labs that I want. And you and I talked about what needed to be done. There's a whole list. Well, here's another thing. So when he, I want to talk about that for a second. So when it comes to labs, I, every client I have has to do labs. Every client. Um, and there's usually two options. We can do a Dutch test, which is expensive, um, but it's worth it. You get to see all the metabolites of all of your hormones, your organic acids, um, just various different things, details. You get to see how the body's detoxifying on things and mm -hmm. methylation and all this stuff. So you're, you're paying for an in-depth look on your overall health. And it gives me a really good picture of what's happening in one test. The only thing that it misses is thyroid. Yeah. So then we have to tag on thyroid, uh, thyroid labs. And that's usually about 200 bucks from life extension. Um, then, you know, the other option is just a functional health set of labs. And uh, you can do two, two routes. It depends on cost. Sometimes it's on sale over here. Sometimes it's not on sale over here. But we can get it through Rise HRT <clears throat> and um, just get a full functional health panel. Gives you your CBC, your sex hormones, your thyroid, uh, your cortisol, all the things, right? So that's going to give me uh, a picture of how I can proceed in terms of what your overall health look like, you know, is there any immediate concern? And then most of the time, I would say, what would you say, 98% of the time, there's a fun, there's a gut health issue that runs along with all this stuff. Always. So, yeah, so I kind of some make, degree. It doesn't have to be crazy. <clears throat> right. Yeah. yeah. So what I've learned is the GI map is also mandatory at this point for me. And the reason why that is, is because, yeah, could I go off symptoms and kind of guess and get pretty close and maybe heal somebody's gut? Yes. I've done it before. It works. Mm -hmm. But there's times when, and I always use this analogy. Uh, if you wanted to come see me, Laura, in your car, and I told you you couldn't use your phone and you couldn't GPS it, and I don't even know if they sell maps in the gas station anymore. They do. But you couldn't get one. But you couldn't get one, right? Let's say you couldn't get one. And But there's signs, right? And that's what symptoms are like. You get on the road. You're driving. You're like, well, I know it's got to be southeast that i got to go to North Carolina. And i got to just follow the general progression of states. So I'm going to follow the, the signs. Well, if you follow the signs, you might get here in five days. Right? That's following the symptoms. That's a long, long way because it didn't take that long to get North Carolina from Minnesota. It's like 21 hours. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but if you have GPS, bam, you know exactly what turn to make. You know exactly what to do. 
you're right on you're right on the money and that's what a GI map is that's what blood work is it's gonna give us the map to get to where you need to go now us have the, the complicated part is we don't have the doctor beside our name right so we have to take our skill set as humans and empathetic people and knowing where our health has come from to where it is today what our loved ones have gone through to where it is today and then also just like not only empathy but knowledge to a level that i can tell you what is going on in a simplistic fashion so that you can apply it to your life in a simple way yeah so that's what coaching is and then also i mean how many times do you have a therapist conversation with your clients on the phone uh for two hours today already <laughs> yeah right so i've had I've had three conversations today with clients. Luckily, it wasn't anything like, you know, I've got to walk them through some sort of trauma, but it was actually, oh, look, we came on the other side of the trauma. Congratulations. This is amazing. I'm so proud of you. Look at how much weight you've dropped because you're not insane anymore, right? Like, this is crazy. This is awesome. Yeah. So so that's, that's coaching. And that's, that's why we, you know, we're functional health coaches. I mean, we can be practitioners or whatever you want to call us. At the end of the day, that's what's setting us apart between the doctors and the medical professional community and here. And, you know, we, we don't have $250,000 worth of debt from medical school. But, I mean, we have Austin Stout on retainer for eight grand a year. <laughs> so right. at the end of the day, it's like we're still spending money on yeah. our education with people, with people who know better, who also, you know, you know, at the end of the day, like Austin sees 10 times the cases that we see because he's mentoring so many different people. So, man, I asked him a weird question yesterday, two days ago. I have a guy with epilepsy. Yeah. He's got a gut issue. How are we going to address it? Because glutamine actually converts to glutamate, which causes seizures. And they don't, they don't only cause seizures, they cause grand mal seizures. That means this is a big problem, and I don't know what's going on. So I send Austin an email. Hey, man, what do I do here? And he gives me a substitute, and we're going to keep that guy safe while we heal, while we heal his gut. Mm -hmm. So these are things that are happening in, in behind the scenes that you guys don't see, that these, you know, we love our clients, and we care for our clients to the utmost. Your doctors don't give a shit about you. No. They want a paycheck because they're trying to take care of their family and the only way they can take care of their family is if they follow protocol that is run down the chain from the government the fda and everybody else making a vaccine or a medication because they're trying to make money yep. and if you hadn't listened to the podcast with robert kennedy and joe rogan go listen to it, do it. it'll change your damn life yeah you'll be like holy shit this shit is unbelievable yeah so the whole reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because I think people are slowly waking up to the fact that we cannot trust Western medicine. There are times where Western medicine has to be involved yes. to be able to get through a, a period of time, say cancer or whatever. Yep. But I also think Western medicine is probably one of the causes of cancer. I don't know. Yeah. Sounds well crazy. Stress is for sure. But I think so. <laughs> right. So at the end of the day, I think, <clears throat> I just think 
we're dealing with a with a huge monster, and there's a there's a movement happening with functional health, and you know Sam Miller and Austin Stout and all these guys that are kind of leading the charge. We're we're hitching our wagon to these folks, and we're trying to do our best. We're trying to care for everybody, and eventually it's going to catch fire. And when it does, it's going to change everything. Mm. But we're so far from it. We're so far from it. And this is more of an awareness. PSA announcement, like if you're going to the doctor, ask more questions. If they say, I don't know, get the fuck out of that office. Yeah. And if you're wondering what questions to ask, let us know. Cause, and I said, yeah. I said that to my mom because in, you know, this process has been really an interesting one because right. When, when you love someone and you're that close to them, it's, you know, it's difficult. They don't want to disappoint you. They don't want you to judge them. All the things, right? And I don't do any of that, right? I don't do any of that. And I said to her, I said, because I asked a ton of questions of her, and she started to um, feel a certain way. There were negative feelings there about me asking her all of these questions, like maybe she was doing something wrong or all that kind of stuff. And through this process, it's been amazing because I actually, we had a conversation. I said, Mom, the reason I'm asking you these questions is because I need to know every little detail because what I know is the doctor's not asking the right questions of you. So if I have all the information, I can ask them the right questions. And if they don't have the right answers, then I know it's time to walk away. And I know it's time to walk away. I knew it was time to walk away before, but like you said, we still have to walk hand in hand with the medical profession because they can get us some things that we need, right? 100%. And, and sometimes we have to default to their knowledge because they are educated in areas in which we are not. Yeah. And we cannot prescribe medications and we cannot give medical advice. But at the end of the day, man, if a doctor is doing something stupid, I'm going to yell, scream, and shout before, before I'm going to let any of you guys do something detrimental to yourself. Absolutely. So, but legally, and, and, and honestly, can I, I do it? No. Right. And I was just talking to one of my clients today. She, I put her through a gut protocol. She came through amazingly. Um, she's so much healthier. Um, she's a stress case. So we have worked on that a ton to help her. Um, she has some immune issues, immune health issues, which by the way, a gut protocol helped her out immensely with that. Um, and her, she was, she's super stressed right now. We were talking about it and it's her daughter came home from college and her daughter has a lot of things going on. She's only 20 years old, 19, 20 years old. And, you know, going to the doctor and the doctor wants to slam medication on her. And this girl is so smart. She's like, I don't really want to be on medication. I'm like, and I just told that I told my client, Kelly, I said, Kelly, I love you. I want you to be healthy. I want you to feel good. And that translates to your children and your family. And I'm so bought in. Have your daughter call me. We can just talk. We just mm-hmm. talk because mm-hmm. it's not. It and it's not. And I and then I was I was like talking to the gas station lady because I went to get a diet coke because today's crazy, and I I was talking to her about it. And I'm so passionate about it because I'm tired of people going down that road so far that they can't get out or they don't know how, and we, yep. we gotta catch them early. Catch them early. And it, it like I mean it's never too late, right? It's never too late. Just like you were talking about with, you know, someone who's a type two diabetic, it's never too late. 
it just makes it right. harder. It just makes it harder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like, okay, I have Brock. He's ten years old. He's got health issues, but Brock's is only going to do what he wants to do, right? <laughs> he is a stubborn pug. Like, you're not going to say, hey, sit. He's going to sit if he fucking wants. He's not, like, he's that guy. Like, you're talking about one of your clients and their mom and how your mom, their mom was older. And, you know, she wasn't wearing pants at the time. And she was really worried she wasn't wearing pants. And she's, like, 83 years old. Well, if I'm 83 years old, I don't want to wear pants. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. Not if I don't want to. <laughs> right. And that's the same thing with Bronx. So at some point, there's probably a level of, like, just because you don't want to, we may not get there. But if you want to, it's never too late to fix your health. And <clears throat> I just look at it too. Like you mentioned that 20 year old girl, I have a 20 year old guy that just came to me, signed on. He wants to do a bodybuilding show. Sends me his uh, lab work. Like he's intelligent. He got labs exactly what I would want to see. I don't even know how he knew to do it, but he did it. I look at his labs, Laura. His labs look like a 40-year-old man. Oh, no. My labs look better than his. His testosterone level is 500. <gasps> his, TS, his TSH is a 4. No. His, his T4 is like a 7, and his T3 is like a 2.3. A oh. Like, what does that tell you? Gut issue. Yeah. He's got a gut issue. <clears throat> and I tell him, and he's like, well, damn. How did I do that? And then I started asking him, like, are you an internal processor? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, when you deal with stuff, you just deal with it on the inside? He's like, yeah. I said, well, that's the worst kind. Yes. You know, you're just leaving yourself in stress all the time. It's constantly working in your brain. PSA. And, like, PSA. the more I unpack. Yeah, go ahead. For those, those of you who are listening right now, if you're not sure if you're an internal processor, all you have to do is... Think, listen to the conversation going on in your head. If there is a huge conversation going on in your head all the time, if you're constantly talking to yourself all the time and going over things, you're an internal processor. <laughs> yeah, and it's the worst kind. And I'm not trying to like down everybody because I used to be more like that. I think most type A people are. Most yeah. people who are high, high achievers are. And that usually is driven by like a certain amount of child, childhood trauma. Like, it's just kind of the way it is. So this kid, the more I talked to him, I, I asked about his family. I asked about his sleep. I asked about all this stuff. And he's, he's like, I can hear, he's like, why is he asking me about this when all I want to do is bodybuilding? Body yeah. And I'm telling him, like, this is the process. Like, this is the, if you're going to work with me, this is the process. And so by the end of the conversation, he's like, I'm all in. Let's go. So now... I have the unhappy news that he's going to produce his training. <laughs> he's going to have to see a counselor. I was, was going to say, yeah. he's, he's all in because he thinks he's just going to get jacked in the next couple of months yeah. and hit a show. It's like, right. no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, and I've already, I've already kind of told him, like, dude, I, like, it's going to be counterintuitive to everything you know, that you think. And what's funny is he got referred to me by this uh, friend of mine, um, who is very intense he, and he is genetically gifted to a level. He's probably the best bodybuilder in Raleigh and in the, in probably North Carolina. And he's a natural guy. He doesn't compete, but he bodybuilds him. You know, he just, he's just constantly working out. <clears throat> and because of his genetics, 
he can work out seven days a week. The guy looks like a million bucks. There are outliers out there. That is not the truth for everybody. So he's talking to this guy, and Ricky's like, oh, I got the guy for you. You need to go work with Kenneth. Ricky doesn't know exactly how I work, but he thinks we're on the same page. We're not on the same page. Ricky does him. I let him do him. I respect him. And then so my new client comes to me. He's like, oh, yeah, Ricky told me to do this. Ricky told him, take his clothes off, stand in front of the mirror, and look at what's wrong with him and imagine middle school kids laughing at him. And so he's using shame to make him go to the gym mm -hmm. to work harder on the body parts that he should work hard on. That is the absolute most crazy, insane thing I've ever heard in my damn and, life. And, and you know what's funny? And, is you're telling him, you're going to tell him the opposite. I don't want you to train so hard. Yeah, I'm going to tell <laughs> Right. I don't even want you to check your weight. Don't check right. your weight. I want yeah. you to go train four days a week, eat your food, rest, sleep eight hours, and, you know, and chill the hell out. And then it usually works. It always works, actually. Yeah. But it's getting the person to actually execute that is the difficult part. And so, again, to loop it back around everything, there's a reason why we're telling you to do this stuff, clients. There's, we're not trying to make your life miserable. We're trying to correct your lifestyle so that you can sustain health over the long haul. Because right now, I have clients that will work with me, but they'll go to the doctor, not even tell me, take a medication. We're two weeks into the medication, yeah. and it's like Accutane. You're taking Accutane? Why are you taking Accutane? This is insane. You're ruining your entire gut biome. I'm going to have to start from scratch because you walked in the doctor and said, I have acne. And then the doctor's like, oh, I'll just take this pill. It's fine. And then, okay, well, we can't trust that. Yeah. We can't trust that. So trust the coach if you got a good one. If you don't, call Laura. I'm pretty busy. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's I, I laugh at that because he and I both know that's very true. He is extremely busy, so you should definitely call me. Um, I do have slots open on my roster. Sure. Um, but, but, at, too, though, but at the end of the day, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just think at the end of the day, we need to be very aware with what Western medicine is doing and it's not having our best interest at heart. It's just not. No. And you want to surround yourself with people that have your best interest at heart. And, um, it is a rare find. And if you do find people that do, man, get as many of those people surrounded around you as possible yeah. and um, chase down what you want. Absolutely. And that, I think that is really, um, that is really the difference. I think that's the difference maker for everything is that uh, when you work with someone like Kenneth or myself or Austin or Sam or, you know, the good functional coaches out there is, um, we don't have a protocol that we're just dropping you into. We don't, we don't just ask surface questions. Um, the only way that you get healthier, the only way that you stay healthy for your life and live a good quality life is working with people who truly do care and want you to be healthy. Yeah. Right. And I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm, we're going to end on this note. And thank you, Kenneth. I appreciate you talking with, to, uh, with me about this today.
if yeah. you are living to the standard of the American society right now, and you're going out to eat and you're doing all the fun things and you're living that life that they show you in commercials, you will live a very short life and you will live a very long death. And what I mean yeah. by that is you will be unhealthy and you will come rolling into the grave after years of health issues. The objective is to live a long, long life and have a short, short death so that your life is quality, you have a good time, you enjoy it, and you hit that grave as fast and as hard as you can when you're an old, old person. Yes, I agree. And that's what functional Absolutely. health coaches do. Yeah. All right, everybody. Yeah. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing weekend. Kenneth, I cannot wait for us to talk again. You're an amazing coach. I'm excited to see where you go. Thanks. Thanks.